Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning, all of you listeners out there in Real Presence Radio Land. Welcome to today's installment of Real Presence Live with uh, myself, Jack Canelli, and my wife, Doreen, as your hosts. And we got a full lineup of guests today that we're looking forward to visiting, too. So we got two hours of uh, good local Catholic programming interspersed with uh, moments of hilarity with Doreen, who stayed up late last night uh, practicing her jokes. And so why don't we start out with one right off the bat, even before the prayer? Wow. Are you ready for that? <laughs> I can be. Sure. Um, let's see. Incidentally, it's a beautiful day in Fargo. It's 66 degrees and sunny, and we hope wherever you are in our listening area, you're having a good day, notwithstanding whatever the weather might be. But I got a feeling it's nice everywhere in the in the upper Midwest today. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. Okay, I am too. Maybe our guests can answer the question, the riddle. Why are mountains the funniest places to go for summer vacation? Um, because they have peaks. Well, that's close. Because they are hilarious. Hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I didn't even know that when I used the word hilarity to introduce this sort of thing today. So, boy. Well, we must be on the, we're on the same wavelength. Yes. The two are one here. That's right. Boy, there's a good example yes. of it. Well, anyway, let's uh, <clears throat> let's start with a prayer, as we always do, and uh, then we'll get on with uh, the uh, with our guests. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. And this prayer is the Te Deum. It's a nice prayer of praise. You are God. We praise you. You are the Lord. We acclaim you. You are the Eternal Father. All creation worships you. To you, all angels, all the powers of heaven, cherubim and seraphim, sing in endless praise. Holy, 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 Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. The glorious company of apostles praise you. The noble fellowship of prophets praise you. The white-robed army of martyrs praise you. Throughout the world, the Holy Church acclaims you, Father of majesty, unbounded, your true and only Son, worthy of all worship, and the Holy Spirit, advocate and guide. You, Christ, are the King of glory, the eternal Son of the Father. When you became man to set us free, you did not spurn the virgin's womb. You overcame the sting of death and opened the kingdom of heaven to all believers. You are seated at God's right hand in glory. We believe that you will come and be our judge. Come then, Lord, and help your people brought with the price of your own blood and bring us with your saints to glory everlasting. Amen. Amen. St. Maximilian Colby. Pray, Pray for, for us. us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Isn't he the patron saint of media? He is, saint, one of them. One of them, yeah. I suppose there are probably more than two. I think St. Clair is another one. Oh, could be. Okay. Yes. Well, should we just launch right into it? I think we've had enough clever pan- banter for the start. <laughs> I was thinking I should say good morning to our listening audience. 
Oh. Good morning, everybody. I was just so excited. I just forgot I to let you in. Sorry. You don't have to apologize. <laughs> That's okay. Well, we're very happy to have an in-studio guest this morning. And we have with us across the table, Father, or Father, excuse me, Doctor. There's, there's an R in there. Yeah, there's an R. And there's a, a it's an abbreviated it's, doctor. It's a D, not an F. Yes. Dr. Kevin Anderson, and Kevin is here from the University of Mary, um, Fargo campus, is it called a campus, mm-hmm. which is located in the Butler Building in um, South Fargo, and um, Kevin is the, uh, he's an assistant professor of occupational therapy, and I just also want to do a shout out to Cecilia O'Keefe, who um, reminded me that you are doing the work that you're doing because we met a couple of years ago um and i thought oh this would be great to to have you on the radio and here you are already so thank you and welcome would you please introduce yourself um to our listening audience thank you yes uh my name is kevin anderson i'm actually from uh the midwest here grew up in grand forks um i've been in fargo moorhead for over 30 years, uh, my wife and I live, uh, my wife Crystal and I live in um, Horace, North Dakota, so just a few miles out. We've been there for a good portion of that time. Our, um, our boys, we have a, a 31-year-old son in Santa Fe, and he's an actor. His name is Gentry. Uh, he has a family there, and he's kind of working in the acting business. And my other son, um, Tegan, is 24-year-old son, is... Uh, I just finished his master's degree at the University of Mary in uh, bioethics. So he just finished that in the spring, and he's looking forward to um, applying to medical school for the fall. Excellent. What a great mm-hmm. um, undergrad degree, or is it master's degree? Yeah, graduate degree. Um, a graduate degree in order to do the right thing in medical mm-hmm. school. That's mm-hmm. fantastic. <laughs> I mean, when you look at what's going on, you know, in our culture and, uh, you know, even legislatively as far as, you know, bioethics are concerned mm-hmm. it's uh interesting times that we're in i'm saying that politely where mm-hmm. you know we're kind of looking at you know the uh, uh trying to uh take away the physician's ability to make decisions for themselves as far as what they will or will not do according to their conscience mm-hmm. but anyway we digress yes well actually i digress <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Kevin, would you tell us about the work that you do at the University of Mary's campus in Fargo? Yes. So, I am an occupational therapist. I've worked in the area for all these 30-some years. I was a school-based occupational therapist for many years in Moorhead. Uh, four years ago, when the um, university, the main campus university, decided to put a satellite program here, um, they started a doctoral program of occupational therapy I was able to make the jump from the schools to uh, higher education. I have had some experience in higher ed at MSUM doing some uh, adjunct faculty work in special education, which is something we'll talk about today. And uh, I am also the program coordinator there. Um, There's myself and my colleague, Dr. Deborah Hansen, another faculty member, and we have about 27 students right now on our our enrollments. And... um, they have a three-year program, so I'm with them for two years while they're um, taking their classes. In their third year, they're out doing some f- clinical field work. We've had two graduate classes now since we started in 2018, and so we have put some occupational therapists out there in the field. Excellent. Um, do you know how many 
uh, OT students there are on campus at UMary? Uh, yes, um, we actually have three campuses, um, three satellite campuses for the occupational therapy program. So there's another one in Billings, Montana. And so between um, Bismarck, uh, main campus, Fargo, and Billings, we probably have, uh, get stabbed in the dark, between 50 to 60 students at a given time, because I know that's how many we graduated the first year um, and the second year. Oh, very good. Is the job market good for the graduates? Yes, yeah, it is really good right now. It's one of the higher um, rated uh, jobs in, in the um, labor force uh, statistics, um, up there with physical therapy, speech language pathology. Um, and, of course, there's a reason for that. Um, those of us who are, are in that uh, baby boomer generation, which I am also part of, are um, aging, and we want to live more productive lives. And so that's where occupational therapy comes in to kind of help maintain a quality of living that we're all looking for as we age that's great uh, I, it's good for i i used to work for a uh, well i still do work sort of for a uh, a healthcare company that's predominantly rural healthcare, and the idea of you know uh graduating a number of people in the various medical fields it looks good to me because in rural health uh in the rural health uh community we need them mm-hmm. especially yeah, yeah. So how have you um, witnessed the impact of occupational therapy in the lives of people that um, have you've helped or that you see your students and those who are, are aspiring to be occupational therapists, the way that they've interacted with them? Yeah, and I thought about that question, and I wanted to give you a couple of examples because I was able to work in the public schools, an educational setting, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a wonderful um, opportunity for me to be able to be with students who are struggling with disabilities and to be able to find their way through the academic world and um, into um, their adult living. And that kind of led me to where I'm at now with higher education, um, bringing um, the opportunity for students to learn how that, that um, the impact of occupational therapy can be on students, on children, on young adults and, and um, elderly. And so really looking at impacting quality of living it's kind of the common denominator in all those settings. Can you briefly give us, our listeners, an understanding for the difference between physical therapy and occupational therapy? I'd love to, yes, because I've had that opportunity many times. So in just a couple minutes, uh, I think we're all more familiar with physical therapy. Physical therapy certainly looks at the biomechanics of the body and trying to provide healing and mobility for those who have had some sort of injury, illness, or or disease process. So we take that same approach as occupational therapists, and we look at the um, ability for the human body to be functionally engaged or participatory, some of the terms that we're using. Uh, we both um, originate from the, uh, the early 1900s, uh, the, the fields of OT and PT. Um, OT looked more at the activities of daily living and how individuals can become um, more compromised in their health if they aren't maintaining their activities of daily living. So we focus more on the aspect of the function of activity as opposed to the origin of the mobility problems, which is what physical therapy would do. So we work very complementary together. Um, uh, we, we have um, great teaming opportunities because we can look at the body, the, the, human, the human body and the spirit from two different directions. One, one aspect of occupational therapy that's maybe different from physical therapy is we do look at the mental health and emotional side, and we incorporate the spiritual component as well. 
Wow. So, so maybe a little more holistic in regards to those areas. Not that other professions aren't also looking at holistic medicine. Right. If you were not working with the University of Mary and you were working in a secular, you know, I don't know if that's the right term, institution, um, how would you approach the spiritual that's, needs? That's a great question because I did that in public schools for sure. many years. And uh, I'm, I'm a Christian and I certainly have that value in my life. And I was able to incorporate it. You know, I know the difference between uh, the role of a public servant um, uh, and, and what the responsibilities are. But when an individual or student, I guess, in that, in that situation would come to me with issues with anxiety or um, you know, even just mental health issues, physical issues, uh, I was able to bring in whatever component that they desired to be able to help them in their, in their healing and in their educational progress. So if they would tell me part of that is their, their spiritual um, being, their their um, family background has to do with their, their Christian faith, I would certainly address that. I would never not address it if that was what the individual wanted. Would it have to come from them first? Or can, is there yeah. a question you can you have to listen for it? Yes. Kind of, oh, yeah, okay. I can prompt and I can yeah. kind of help you know, dig mm-hmm. for you know, what the origin mm-hmm. is of their, their concerns. But um, I would, you know, just more ethically, I would let that come from the individual. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't look like there's any, any bias or any sort of, um, you know, attempt of mine to my values on somebody. If you shared with them a story about how um, you you experienced, let's say, peace mm-hmm. through your own personal prayer, I mean, could you do that with before exactly. they? Yeah, I would. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I might do that the same way as I might say when I when I brush my teeth in the morning. Here's how I do it. Here's what I do when I'm feeling anxious. Yeah. So I, I never found a really difficulty working in that public arena. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I'm sure, you know, if a person were just to ask the Holy Spirit to make clear the way to inspire you to, to see it, mm-hmm. he, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't say no. <laughs> and I felt that was my mission always, was to oh. be able to bring that, that part of my life into my work. Oh, that's beautiful. Okay. Uh, it's interesting, though, that we have to be sensitive to how we approach the spiritual aspect of this, you know, uh, this kind of uh, occupation, if you will, mm-hmm. as opposed to maybe 40 years ago, you really didn't have to ponder it like you do now. Mm-hmm. But that's just the world we live in, I guess. Mm-hmm. So we've got, we're, we're coming up on a break here. We'd like to remind our listeners, we're talking to uh, Dr. Kevin Anderson of the University of Mary. He's the assistant professor of their uh, occupational therapy program uh, here in Fargo at the Fargo campus. And uh, uh, Well, let's just go to the break, and we will be back. So stay with us for more Real Presence Live. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Do you know a priest who has made a difference in your life or at your parish? One who has helped you through a loss, discern an important decision, or celebrated the sacraments with you and your family? Real Presence Radio would like to know about these amazing priests. Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com contact to nominate your priest. And each week on Real Presence Live, we will recognize one of our priests with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. Help us honor our fathers by nominating your priest today. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Have interruptions impacted your charitable giving? If you feel like you have less to give this year or are waiting until you get through these recent challenges, 
We want to let you know about some creative gift options that won't cost you a dime this year. For example, you could designate Real Presence Radio as the beneficiary of all or percentage of your IRA, or make RPR beneficiary of a percentage of your estate or specific asset. Make a bequest commitment gift this year without impacting your savings or investments. To learn more about the benefits of making a charitable bequest, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director of Riverview Place. I've worked my entire career in healthcare as a social worker in the hospital, skilled nursing, and hospice settings. I love my job. Not only do I get to work with a caring, dedicated team that displays human kindness to every resident, it's a privilege to offer seniors a lifestyle that reminds me of what it felt like to grow up in the small rural town of Buffalo, North Dakota. To join our faith-based community, call us today for a tour at 701-412-1952. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Okay, welcome back to Real Presence Live. Like he said, with more uh, interesting or inspirational and uplifting uh, uh, stories uh, with Jack and Doreen Canelli, your hosts. And we are talking with Dr. Kevin Anderson of the University of Mary Occupational Therapy Program. But before that, Doreen is chomping at the bit because she's got another one of her jokes that she worked so hard on digging up last night. <laughs> okay, well, here's, here's the Knock joke. Knock him dead, yep, kid. We're going to ask Kevin again if he can get the answer to this. What do, you, what do you call a cantaloupe in a swimming pool? Hmm. Cantaloupe in a swimming pool. Can I give him a hint? I, no. <laughs> I, I, I can only come up with melon something. Yep, you're right. Melon. So what's a swimming pool filled with? Melon water. Melon pool. Melon. Flip the melon water around. Watermelon. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting close. You oh, were. Boy. Good job. I need help. <laughs> We don't want to twist your mind too much before the rest of this interview. <laughs> so it's right. good you got that one. Yes. Yeah, so, so before the break, we were talking, Kevin, about um, the spiritual aspects of, of the work that you do because we are body, mind, spirit. That's the reality of who we are as, as human persons. Um, can, you, can you share with us a little bit about how those people working in occupational therapy are answering God's call to all of us to serve those in need? Um, just some, maybe share some examples of the needs people come um, to the occupational therapist with and the ways in which you um, can really serve them. Sure. As I mentioned, you know, when I was describing the difference between PT and OT, I, I mentioned the, um, the reasons people might come to therapy um, due to illness, injury, disease, um, congenital um, birth injuries. And uh, when they come to us, we are looking at the individual's deficits or dysfunction. That's kind of what we are trained to do. We're trained to look at the body and what's, what's not working. And so that's how we approach our session. Um, but as a therapist of, of 30-some years, 
I've learned to really flip that. It's also to more the, the, the positive side. What are the strengths? What does an individual possess that I can actually look at and help to maybe overcome some of those, other, those deficits? So more of a focus on the positive than the negative, more of a focus on strengths than challenges. And just a really great example of that is um, the last, last probably 15 years, we've seen a, a great rise in autism. And we probably have a greater awareness of autism in our, in our community. And, and we just have many more programs, especially in the Fargo-Moorhead community, to address the needs of those who have physical, sensory, and it really comes along with a lot of emotional and, and spiritual issues when it comes to um, those who have autism and sensory disorders. And so I think that's the challenge is to be able to flip that narrative and to say, you know, what do you have to offer? What, what can you do? And how can we help you become the best you can be to li- li- live that higher quality of life? Kind of helping them see the light and the darkness mm-hmm. of exactly. your disability. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, you know, from some experience um, and from things that I've read, that when God puts someone in our lives that needs something that we can offer them, so often they give us as much or more than we give them. Um, can you just speak to that in, in, in the area of occupational therapy? Absolutely. Um, I, I do a lot of community service. I feel it's important to give to the community. I've been involved, involved in my church, but I really feel like my work is my mission. Um, I've been given that um, as a blessing um, in my life that I can actually see the needs of others and maybe find a way to help them overcome those barriers. And uh, to me, that's, that is a, a humbling experience. And, and another example of that is you know, when, you, when you assist somebody to, to eat, just to feed um, somebody who hasn't hasn't had the ability to do that because of a disability. Uh, it's such a humbling experience to know that I can actually engage at that personal level, very intimate level, and help them do something that we, we all take for, take for granted. And that's a big part of my, my, my profession, is to look at those small little um, tasks of everyday living that we can address. So I, there's really nothing I can't address because of that. So that's where the spirituality part comes in. Um, that affects us, like you said, our, Across our whole lives, so we can intertwine that in everything we do. Mm-hmm. And then that um, that gratitude that we can have um, in response to mm-hmm. the way in which we recognize what we've taken for granted, and then mm-hmm. be thankful for it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, it's interesting. You know, I worked for a healthcare company for a number of years, and uh, it was a Catholic system here in town, SMP Health. And, you know, Catholic Healthcare says, you know, we continue the healing mission of Jesus. And it seems like that's what I think any healthcare provider does, but I would think as part of, you know, the University of Mary program, you, you, you've got a certain Catholic element in there too, where, you know, your mission, you know, is to heal people, but is also in the healing, showing them the love of God. And, uh, you know, I would hope I would think that's probably, you know, what people are doing, but, you know, they might not even be aware of it. Right. And, and the, what, like Kevin just said, we can take for granted just the simplest things in our, in our lives, but to see, um, to see your work as um, helping assist in those very basic, you know, human mm-hmm. needs yeah. that we all have yeah. to. It's like your work is a ministry. Exactly. You know. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the challenges that those working in special education face? 
And um, you can either speak in general or the world as it is today or, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe you've got some stories. Yeah. Oh, I definitely have lots of stories yeah. beyond the time that you guys have available. Yeah. But um, because I worked in special education for so many right. years. And you think of special education as being kind of a subset of our educational system. You know, that, that, you know, 30, 40 years ago, they weren't part of our public schools. And now we're looking at more inclusivity. We want everybody to feel like they belong. And so it really brought, brings a wonderful opportunity for an occupational therapist to be able to bring their skill set, uh, especially in that, in that setting. Um, you know, we know that an individual with an intellectual disability can't do the same level of academic rigor in high school. It doesn't mean that they can't participate in academic tasks, for example. Mm-hmm. And so we want to find the, the um, skill that is of, of, of higher um, value for each individual, not, not to um, underestimate or or um, I, the term, I, I think of it as marginalized, just like this is what somebody can do and this is all they can do, um, try, raising our expectations. And that's not just in special education. It's just with anybody um, who has a, any sort of limiting abilities. And so um, physical, um, mental, uh, spiritual um, deficits can lead to um, great or poor health, health outcomes. And so we have an opportunity as OTs, healthcare providers, to... I mean, utilize all the tools in our tool our t- toolbox mm-hmm. to be able to create um, better outcomes. I would think that you'd also have an opportunity. You mentioned marginalizing people, and I'm thinking, you know, how we can tend to put people in boxes, mm-hmm. and uh, where you, when you're dealing with people with, uh, uh, you know, special education uh, uh, needs. Uh, you get to go uh, get inside the box and actually interact with them as an individual. And I would think that's something that you probably have to include in your training is, you know, letting people know you're not just fixing a car. You're dealing with a person, a whole person here. Mm-hmm. Which brings many more, you know, complicating factors. you got interaction, social, social right. needs. You have even the environmental needs, you know, like you say, right. this world has changed a lot. You know, what's expected of us is different. Mm-hmm. Kevin, I was going to ask, um, you know, as you're talking about the the gift it is to be able to serve people in need, and there was something in you that drew you to that as a young man, you know, likely. Um, are there any ways that people that aren't trained in occupational therapy could um, volunteer at the University of Mary and, and do any, I mean, would we be able to do anything hands-on with those who come in need of service? Absolutely. Um, because of the University of Mary's mission uh, to serve the, the community and to um, provide service and hospitality, we have a very strong focus in Fargo here on community service. And we have a program called STAMP. It's uh, an acronym for So That All May Participate. Uh, we want to bring individuals in who have um, varying needs and, and uh, the reason I kind of connected with you is we're looking for community members that would be able to bring some special skill sets that they may have to offer some of our uh, volunteers who have disabilities. Things like um, sewing or woodworking. Um, I, I try to make opportunities for my, my volunteers to do those activities, but we could use some experts in the field. So that's kind of where we would love to have volunteers um, who maybe are retired and have a skill set that they they, they can have to offer and would love to interact with individuals for, of all ages and abilities at the university. So you mentioned woodworking and sewing. Would there be, I mean, what about something like artistic, like painting? Yes, or absolutely, yeah. Clay yeah. work or, you know. Anything, yeah. any, any media <laughs> that we could use. Oh, yeah. awesome. I, ha- I have a, 
a lab of sorts. I have a 3D printer. I have um, a few basic tools. I have an industrial sewing machine, industrial shredder. We, we, we try to provide just a variety of things based upon interest again. Mm-hmm. I don't want somebody to come into um, university as a volunteer and do something that they never enjoyed. I want to find something that they like and they, they have an ability to participate in, and then I'll have better cooperation and motivation. Mm-hmm. So how would a person... Um contact you and and get set up to do some kind of volunteer work with the people that you serve yeah we have an office here in town the Mm -hmm. butler building and our main office number i don't have that on me would be the best place to call we have a administrative assistant carla who'd love to give you information of our schedule and how to get a hold of me um we are you know we are there for um the full school day uh throughout the summer we take kind of august off Mm -hmm. but uh we're generally I'm looking at bringing volunteers in any time of the year. So uh, if they would call our, not our main number and ask for my, my name. Okay. We could set something up. Okay, so that would be the main number to the University of Mary Fargo, Fargo camp- campus. Yeah. Campus. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll see if we can get that before the our two hours is up yeah. and, and get it on the yeah. radio. We've got about one minute left. Do you have any final thoughts or uh, questions? Uh, well, I, I think I, what I'm, I meant to say from the beginning is I'm very blessed to be at the University of Mary. I worked in public schools for many years, and I, I feel like I was able to give everything I could even then. But now I feel like I, I have more of a, um, a mission to be able to pass that on. You know, I, I am, I'm a baby boomer. You know, I need to pass my skill set off to others. And I have this wonderful opportunity to do that with individuals who are pursuing a degree in occupational therapy. Oh, well, thank you for doing that work. I I'm sure that you have been a blessing to many people that God has placed in your life. We wish you well as you continue. Thank you for having me. Right. Well, thanks for coming in today. We've been talking with Dr. Kevin Anderson with the uh, Occupational uh, Therapy Program Coordinator of the University of Mary in Fargo, North Dakota. And uh, we're happy to have you on here. And uh, best wishes with your ministry out there. Yes, and for our listeners, please say a quick prayer that they can get the air conditioner fixed on <laughs> campus because it's a, it's a hot box, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay, well, let's go to the break, and we'll be back with, we'll open up with one of Doreen's jokes. And uh, for those uh, uh, who are looking to be married in the Catholic Church, we're talking with Father Greg Hammond. And the question is, why do Catholic couples need to be married in a Catholic Church? And Father Greg is from the Diocese of Fargo. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing him and seeing you or (laughs) talking to you (laughs) after the break. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 